Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Consultants who work closely with conservative billionaire Rex Sinkfield have gathered enough signatures to force a vote on privatization this November. If voters say yes to their plan, the city would basically be required to lease the airport to a private company by next summer. Now, one argument for doing that is that it could mean a big payday for the city, money that's needed for other projects. Another argument has been that it could help pay down the airport's half a billion dollars in debt. St. Louis Public Radio reporter Corinne Ruff recently dug into that second argument, and she joins us today to discuss what she learned. So, Corinne Ruff, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So your most recent story about the airport focused on that debt question. What made you interested in looking at how privatization would affect that? Yeah, so I have been hearing about Lambert's debt as an issue for the past year, basically. Um, this is something that would got brought up even during the city-backed process, which lasted about two years. And it's something that I always wondered. Like, we always hear about how much debt is on the airport, but, like, what does that mean? Is it bad? Like, we have debt. We take on debt when we buy a home, when we buy a car, things like that. Like, what does it mean if an airport has bad debt or good debt? So I really wanted to dig into, like, what are the barriers that are facing the airport? Like, what does it mean that they have this debt? How could it be holding them back? Or is it just normal? So I've been thinking about this story for a long time, and thankfully I had a chance to dig into this question a little bit more um, recently. And I had a chance to talk with Travis Brown, which was um, great just to learn a little bit more about his perspective. He, of course, is the owner of Palapitus, a company that is helping fund this petition campaign. He was also the lead consultant to the city back process looking at this. So, I mean, he spent the last couple of years looking through Lambert's financials and in talking to him, you know, his perspective is, you know, getting a private operator in to pay pay down this more than half a billion dollars in debt and also to pay for, you know, what consultants have said would be nearly a billion dollars in capital improvements needed over the next 10 years. The private operator paying that down is kind of the best option. Um, now, of course, I spoke with several airport commissioners and, and other folks who say, is that necessary? Is it worth signing up for an almost 50-year lease in, in order to do something that the airport could feasibly do on its own? So talk to me about whether they could do that on their own. Half a billion dollars sounds like an enormous amount of debt. I think for any individual person, it would be. But what does that mean for an airport? Comparatively speaking, is that more money than most airports um, are in debt for? Yeah, that's a really good, good question because that sounds like a ton of money. It is a ton of money. Uh, I spoke with uh, an aviation history professor at the University of Dayton, Janet Bednarik, and she she helped put this in perspective that most mid-sized airports have, you know, a similar amount of debt. It is not outrageous, even though it does sound like a ton of money. Um, but but really, taking on debt is just the normal method that airports use when they need to, you know, build a new runway like St. Louis did um, when they need to fix up the airport. So you know, most airports have debt. She actually said it's more unusual for an airport not to have debt. Um, when it comes to you know how does the airport pay down this debt? What is the plan? Um, you know, this has been going on for a long time that the airport has had, you know, to refin refinance bonds. Last year, the city comptroller refinanced some bonds, saving the city about $30 million. And so when you talk to folks from the comptroller's office, they say, like, we've got this plan. We're actually saving the, the, the city money by, by, by working out these bonds. And over the next seven years, half of this debt will be paid off. 
the the problem with the debt is right now that debt is holding back some airport land. There's about 1,200 acres that could feasibly be developed. You could build office spaces or you know a, a cargo center or logistics center or something like that. But the way that the debt is structured, you need to pay down more of that. Um, that land is kind of seen as a really big money-making opportunity for a private operator. It's it's sort of the carrot, as I was described, you know, the carrot to getting someone in interested in operating the airport. Hey, you can also develop this land. Um, but that's something that the airport has been thinking about, you know, over the last couple of years. They've they've talked with real estate firms to think about opportunities, and as an airport commissioner, two of them told me. Um, you know, over the next seven years, we could start doing this ourselves. Interesting. So if they pay down this debt just a bit more, they feel like it wouldn't hold them back in the way that it currently does today. Is, is that a fair summary? Yeah. I mean, to, to put it simply, they're, they're basically trying to pay down certain parts of this debt to get land. You know, all this land is all in the same place. So you have to think about, like, where is there enough land in one place that someone might feasibly want to develop this into something that you could lease to, you know, someone wanted to build an office space or something like that. I thought it was interesting. In your story, you talked to a number of airport commissioners, and it feels like, maybe I'm just not following the airport closely enough, but it feels like these are voices we don't always hear from. Overall, how are they feeling about this effort that would lease the airport to a private operator? Yeah, we don't usually hear from airport commissioners. Um, You know, I I think they're in a tough position because they're job is to oversee the airport's future, its financial future, the way that it develops to, you know, help serve the flying public. And privatization isn't up to them. So as much as they might want to have an opinion or they, you know, might want to weigh in because of their knowledge and their experience in guiding the airport's future, it's really not up to them. So that was something that, you know, these airport commissioners really wanted to couch is that we we really can't be for against privatization because it's not our decision, um, but it makes it really hard to plan for the future. And right now the airport is trying to figure out, you know, how to put in place a new five-year strategic plan. And if you don't know if a private operator will come in in the next year, that sort of changes everything. That would have a dramatic impact on the next five years if this airport gets leased. So they are somewhat hamstrung by what the voters could decide on this. Yeah. And I think, you know, to be fair, I think, you know, they'll have to go through and plan anyway, because, again, you don't know, and it's better to have a plan than not a plan. But when the city was seriously considering this, they had put off planning for a little while just because it it didn't make sense because that effort was, um, you know, progressing in certain ways. But, you know, we'll, we'll have to see what happens in November with you know, whether this this effort will, will really continue. And so Travis Brown, you mentioned him earlier. He's the political consultant who's kind of been driving this effort. You were able to talk to him. He gave you a very interesting quote. He said, if we don't provide resources of this kind, meaning a private operator swooping in, paying off this debt and, and putting more money into development. And going back to his quote, he said, you're probably looking at other ways to collect revenue or a bailout. The experts we talked to, should we be concerned that the airport would need a bailout? So that's something, again, going back to um, the at least one airport commissioner I spoke with, um, Rick Nemanik, you know, that using this debt and talking about it in this way is a scare tactic. It's a red herring to say that the debt is out of control. And so I think that's sort of the counter to what he says is like we're at this point where we really have no other option. We seriously need to consider this for the health, the financial health of our city. And and other folks who are involved are saying, hey, that that's really, you know, not a, a fair representation of where we're at right now. And the airport, this is not money 
funding that comes out of the city's general fund. In fact, they put money into the general fund. At this point, they're a revenue driver. Yeah, so the airport, St. Louis's airport is kind of in a funky situation. It's one of a couple of airports across the country that was grandfathered into a situation where they are an enterprise fund, which is a fancy way of saying that the money that you make at the airport has to stay there. So when they you know, collect money from concessions and landing fees and all that, that money has to stay and improve the airport. But because they're one of these few airports um, that got grandfathered into this program, they can funnel some money into the city's coffers. So right now, that's about $7 million a year. So one other thing I wanted to ask you about today, and that is Travis Brown is not the only one who's potentially pushing this for the November ballot. There was a very similar proposal that was being pushed forward at the St. Louis Board of Aldermen by President Lewis Reed. What is the status of that effort at this time? Yeah, so um, President Lewis Reed has also he has a, a similar but different um, charter amendment that's proposing um, a potential lease of the airport if someone bids at least $1.7 billion. There was a lot of riveting discussion about this over the last couple of weeks before um, the alderman went on break. And it really, it, there, there wasn't a consensus about how to move forward. Because with this other petition effort going on, there's there's sort of some question of, you know, do we want both on the ballot? So voters have two different options. Um, is there a need to move forward on this? Um, so, so right now it, it it's on the informal calendar, which is sort of just a holding pattern. It's a a place for it to stay, and nothing really happens to it. Um, well. The thing is, if it if it stays there up until when the board comes back mid-September, it would miss the deadline to get on the November ballot. So if, if Reed does want to get his bill on the November ballot, he would have to call a special meeting, actually resume an old meeting, and he would need to get support from a couple of other members of the Board of Aldermen to do that. Um, and they would need to do that before August 25th and then also get a signature from the mayor. So the clock is beginning to run out. He's just got a couple weeks to pull this off if he wants his on the ballot as well. Yeah, so I haven't spoken with him recently. I'm not sure what he's planning to do, but there's a pretty tight time frame if, if he does want to get this through. Well, there's a lot to keep an eye on here, and I know that um, you have been our ace correspondent in doing that. So St. Louis Public Radio reporter Corinne Ruff, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.